This is the Formation Lab. Welcome one, welcome all to the Formation Lab, the only rolling uh, dumpster fire on the internet full of terrible garbage takes that we decided to throw a match in and just see how far it could go. Um, but my name is Tim. I am joined as always by my partner in crime, Luke. Luke, how is the great north today in this sweltering heat stroke of a weather's period we're in? Oh, people are losing their crap out here. It hit 88 degrees. Yeah, it was a 111 heat index yesterday with 100% humidity. Tim, Not Tim, too much Tim. better today. Six, yes, I know. I 60% to... humidity, all right? And it feel, felt like 89 out, okay? The, I know as well as the, you do. The, These people are not prepared for this out the, here. I believe that, yeah, the North made you soft, didn't they? <laughs> you had to come down here to where the where the bugs are huge and the humidity oh, is whoa, just whoa, enough whoa, to kill you. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. You got, you don't, you don't have anything on the size of the bugs up here. I will give, I will, I will, I will rebut you on that. You have never seen insects the size out here. Um, we're state in the union for insects. <laughs> That's really kind of not a joke. Um, Unless you it, went and saw Jurassic park, uh, the new one, because they, <laughs> they turned a dinosaur movie into a movie about bugs. Yes, they did. Hey, that you know is what right. Else? The Formation Lap is against Jurassic World Dominion or whatever it's called. Save your money. Skip it. And you know what you should have skipped? Also, the Baku Grand Prix because nothing Ooh. really happened. No, I mean, nothing. I mean, we, we saw Ferrari, you know, do Ferrari things. But ha- at what point does Ferrari choking and tripping over its own feet to not raise your bar? That doesn't really push my meter anymore, right? It's, no, it, it you know it's like watching it's like, engine failures after engine failures yeah. after engine failures, and I've got the replay even on right now. You watch Carlos Sainz pull off the escape road, can't get it going again. The whole thing fries. See Charles Leclerc have the whole thing. Well, no, Carlos Charlotte uh, Charles Leclerc had the engine failure. Carlos Sainz had the gearbox failure. I'm watching Kevin Magnuson right now on lap 33. Uh, where he had to pull over to the side because his engine went bang. So something about that Ferrari power unit's coming off all Italian. Um, so a, that's great. It's a, it's a bit like watching a Fast and the Furious movie, right? It was when we were getting steadily more ridiculous at the Fast and the Furious movie, it was like, oh, neat, look. Oh, they're driving on top of a submarine in the Arctic, right? But at a certain point, it's like, yeah, you went to space. I, I mean, what else? I, I kind of expected that of you, you know, like, ooh, <laughs> that's yeah. that's how it feels. It's like up, up, like literally lights out, away we go. And it's like you set a timer and you're like, okay, all right, over under 15 minutes, 20 minutes until one, something goes horribly wrong for Charles Leclerc and Ferrari botches something. Uh, that is absolutely the truth. You were right. I was wrong. I'm happy to eat crow on this one. Uh, They did Dennis me quite a bit. I was so excited for their performance up and down the grid, but boy, howdy, is that ever just an unacceptable result for them? And it's constant. In fact, let's, let's go ahead and and do this bet. Um, We've got Canada coming up this weekend, Montreal. We haven't been back since 2019. I am so excited to see Montreal for the first time in three years. Let's go ahead and say, which lap do we think? Ferrari bends it. Ooh, uh, how many laps is this race? Is this a, uh, let's see, hold on. I gotta pull this up. I'm gonna say like 20. All right. Canadian GP laps. I'm oh, gonna no, say, I'm gonna like... say lap 20. Okay. It's a 70 lap race. So we're gonna do, I will say before 25. 
I will say before 35. I'll give them half distance, but I don't think they'll get beyond that. Okay. Um, and I will say, I think it'll be an engine failure. If they last beyond lap 35, they will not last beyond lap 50 based on their tire strategy. They will bend that as well. So do they, do they bend a pit stop for completely unrelated reasons? Yes. Bending being yes. over a four second pit stop. Yes. A hundred percent. That is what they will do. Um, and they will be wrong on the tire strategy. The thing that drives me the most crazy is that I will also go ahead and call my shot. Charles Leclerc will get pole. Yeah. Oh yeah. Charles Leclerc um, will easily and, get pole. And Max Verstappen will win. Of course. Because I, that's I, what happens. He cannot convert. Max Verstappen has won more Charles Leclerc polls than anybody else. Yeah, yeah, including Charles Leclerc. Leclerc. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it is ridiculous. I have so, two things. All yes. right. Um, one. All right. I don't want to be like I called this. All right. Because I really don't feel like I was unique in making that prediction that Ferrari is going to Dennis everyone. But I think the basis for my initial concern uh, coming out of preseason testing where we're all oh, Ferrari's fast. Ooh, Ferrari do be fast. Right. Is I saw no, and you see really no organizational changes in Ferrari between their disastrous seasons. And now that being, you know, 2020, uh, you know, the 2020 season, the 2019 season, right. They, they had an all right season last season, but, it was the same guys, right? So, like, at a certain point, you have to go, like, when are these – at what point are these the old dogs? You know, like, they're, they're just going to do the trick that they know how to do. They're going to do the trick that they know how to do, but it, but it's just heartbreaking because I'm staring – again, it's lap 35 now. Uh, Joe Guan Yu was having a great race. Mm-hmm. Uh, engine failure. Box, box, box. We got to stop the car um k mags out both ferraris are out it is always down to the unreliability of that ferrari power unit and it's gutting you're watching k mag walk around uh the paddock just apoplectic with rage because he can't get a car that'll finish the race he cannot finish the race to save his life it's just heartbreaking yeah and you know these drivers deserve to be able to do that k mag is properly quick this year and joe guan yu is absolutely on his uh on his coattails now he was having a really strong weekend it's just and you know and then you got charlotte claire and carlos Sainz. how can carlos Sainz stop his yips if his car is just falling apart every time he looks at it funny like it's just ridiculous that might that might be part of why he has the yips you have to drive a car differently if you if you're if, if it's a little ginger, right? If it's, if it's a fragile kind of thing, you have to drive it gingerly, right? You yep. have to drive it different. I'm sure Grant, who I've been talking to recently, we'll try and have him on pretty soon here. Grant will tell you the same thing. He's like, no, if you know that your car is constantly on the borderline and breaking down, you're not going to put it through push the paces it. that you know, you know right. it can do. Right. You're not going to push it at all. Although I will say this for Carlos Sainz. He has been thrown every piece of adversity ever this year, and he's taken it with the professionalism that I would expect from a seven-time world champion. But you know who hasn't been dealing with issues with a car like a seven-time world champion? The only seven-time world champion on the grid, Lewis Hamilton. I really dislike this version of Lewis uh, with the constant whinging, constant whining, constant... 
it's just it's it's mind numbing now he did end up p4 he did a great race but he's being completely hosed by george russell and he has no real excuse you know total wolf is making excuse after excuse for him but let's face it lewis just doesn't have that killer instinct anymore and it just it hurts to watch it although uh you know credit where it's due Seb Vettel had a really solid race that looked pretty good his uh his teammate Lance Stroll obviously hot garbage if it's Baku not in the rain um or if anything's not in the rain the Lance Stroll is a mediocre talent at best but I will say that uh he did show some maturity this weekend he was talking about the gap between him and Seb and he said yeah I just have to get back in there and figure out you know what he's doing and what I can do to change my game because he's on top of it so at least he's doing better than Papa Stroll, who takes the piss out of Seb Vettel whenever he wants. So that's kind of a kind of a good thing. Also, one last piece. Yeah. Oh no, go ahead. One last piece. Uh, Danny Rick finally outdid Lando Norris, much yeah. to Lando Norris's chagrin, uh, because it was a team orders situation. Um, but hey, progress. I, progress. I guess. <laughs> uh, you know. He's proven himself to get that fat IndyCar contract. Yeah, um, say, yeah he's, my, he's out the door. My question to you. Yes. Okay. Um, let me preface this by saying I find this season of Formula One shenanigans to be it, it's it's a it's a bit of stale bread at this point, right? Yeah. We're a bit we're a bit stale right now. Pretty boring. Um, I that's not like I'm not calling the sport boring. I'm just saying this season is not delivering the storylines that we know it can. Do you miss Mercedes a bit? Because I do, and let me explain myself, okay? Okay. Um, you know, do I want to see Mercedes reel off a dominant season again like they did in, you know, 2020, 2019, 2018, 2017, 2019? No. But if I'm being honest, Ferrari is not the team to challenge anyone for, for a title, right? They collapse under their own weight, and they have – it's been the running theme under this regime in Mattia, under Mattia Bonato, right? Like, that's just oh, – Even back even, before – Even anything, prior to that, right? Right. Anything um, after uh, Ross Braun. Yeah. And you so, can say that. So, I'm like, okay, what is one team that, if they had the pace, could really put the screws into – a runaway Red Bull. And, and Tim, the answer is and has to be Mercedes. If That's, Mercedes yeah. was fast, we would have a championship on our hands. But instead, Ferrari is fast, and we know Ferrari can't support that. The other answer would maybe be McLaren, but they're an offshoot. Of, yeah, not an offshoot, but they, they're Mercedes-powered, right? I, I find myself wishing that Mercedes was faster so that we could have a more intriguing championship battle. I agree with you completely. Um, I find it I find it very boring to have a two horse race where one horse breaks down every weekend. Um, I mean, we know the handwriting's on the wall. Red Bull's going to win. Um, and not so much not Max. so much because they have the you know it's not so much because you know There's they're no dominant. They everyone like Red Ferrari just fumbles it. Right. It, I if, mean, if they it, were, all they have to do is sit back and wait for if your opponent is making a mistake, don't interrupt them. Mm-hmm. And that is Red Bull's policy right now. It, you know, they do they capitalize? Yeah. Are they always in the right position? Yeah. They make gutsy strategic calls, but that's what a top end team should do. And you don't really have anybody. I mean, McLaren's not going to be up there challenging anytime soon. Alpine, forget it. 
um, you know, and the rest of everybody else is down the grid. I mean, the closest you have is Alpha Tauri. And that's just a Red Bull sister team. So that's that's a bit of a bummer. Um, real quick, though, last week uh, we did make mention and uh, you'll be like, what do you mean, Tim? You didn't have an episode last week. We we did. But Zoom decided to, to fail. Um, yeah. And the whole and thing got I deleted. Wasn't- and I you, wasn't around to uh, to salvage it. I'll talk about that later. But uh, yeah, yeah, so it was a fun ordeal. Anyway, Tim, you mentioned. Uh, yeah, we uh, we had a good time. It was me and super producer Dylan. And the uh, trouble that we talked about with Red Bull last week was actually one Yas Verstappen, a uh, constant firebrand and worthless washed up driver who just happens to have a very talented son. Um, who decided to shoot his mouth off on Max's uh, website saying that he was disappointed and he anointed Max the number one driver no matter what. So this weekend uh, actually proved a little bit difficult for Christian Horner, who definitely doesn't like his house to be out of order. Um, But he said that whoever is, uh, you know, in front is the number one driver. And would you would you believe that Sergio Perez outperformed uh, Max Verstappen? And then they weirdly had Max in front to win the race. Huh. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, the tire strategy, then all of a sudden uh, Max is in front. Uh, I don't think, I think you and I two years ago said Checo Perez is a killer. Mm-hmm. And the minute he has a car that is evenly developed between the two drivers, Max has a problem. And I think that's going to be the big, that that's actually probably where your championship fight is. Um moving forward is Checo and Max. And I think Checo is going to illustrate we, we grow them tough here in North America, man. There's no one tougher than Checo. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the question, the, the question is, are we going to see a, uh, you know, a Nico or not a Nico situation. Yeah. Nico Rosberg situation, right? Are we going to see a Rosberg V Hamilton situation here? Um, are we going to have Spain 2016, uh, the Red Bull equivalent? Possibly. Possibly. Uh, Honestly, that'd I, be fun. I'll put I'll put money on saying that if it happens, it's because Verstappen makes a heated move. I think I think I think no matter what happens, if it does happen, uh, it's going to end up being something silly and dumb that Max Verstappen did. I completely. It's agree. very much within and his personality. Max and Max will f around and find out you know because checo isn't the high road guy checo is a waking up and choosing violence guy mm-hmm. and if max wants to really find out what it you know what it's like i i think he'll i think you're right i think he'll throw the throw the first punch and Checo's just gonna take it to him um yeah. in a big heavy way so let's talk about uh, let's talk about some teams further down the grid a little bit. Uh, you know, we mentioned George Russell earlier. George is a mighty, mighty driver. Uh, I'll tell you this, and again, it's evidence to how Ferrari has fumbled the ball that Russell uh, is in fourth in the points right now, uh, following a decent run over in Baku. It, George is not in the what is that uh, the fourth fastest car. Under no circumstances is he in the fourth fastest car. I think this is his reputation now is that, uh, Hey, he's going to go to the team. It's going to have a pretty underperforming car, but he's going to put it solidly three places ahead of where he should on any given week. Yeah. I mean, he is captain consistent. He is the only driver uh, so far this year to have 
always had a uh, fifth place or better. Um, he was on the podium this weekend. Max obviously won. Checo was second. George was third. He's he's cobbling together actually a really impressive run uh, with Mercedes, and I'm thrilled for him. Um, you know, I called at the beginning of the year that he would have the measure of Lewis, and it's been he's been doing great. Um, but as we move down the order, I mean, we've talked about uh, Alpha Tauri with Pierre Gasly uh, and uh, Yuki Sonoda. Yuki Sonoda didn't do too bad. He had a, he was a little bit more fired up this week um, than his compatriot. But um, I mean, it wasn't a terrible week for him. You had uh, Alonso turning in another good performance uh, with Ocon. Not not bad. Not great. Just eh, Botas obviously suffering with the Ferrari power issues and uh, Williams doing okay things. Mick Schumacher uh, with Haas is doing okay. I I think he's more Rolf's nephew at this point. I say give it another year. Give it another year. Another give year? It. Oh, man. Yeah, give it another year. This is uh, sophomore season. And can you blame a guy for looking bad in a Haas uniform? With K Mag looking as good as he does right now, like he's all he's consistently top ten until his engine gives it up. That's fair. So that I think that Haas has more has more in it um, than Schumacher is showing. So you know I'm excited to see moving forward how that goes. Also, K Mag is just he's just a, a titan among the drivers right now. He cares absolutely zero about the politics he's come in he's gotten that second chance and he is making the most out of his second lease on life it is awesome i've been a fan of k mag ever since he podiumed in his first uh first f1 outing i've been a fan of him ever since he clearly showed that he gives zero shits and you know when he was getting uh razzed by nico hulkenberg just look at him suck my balls honey (laughs) <laughs> and, you know it's like it's just oh that's perfect it's that it's that kind of that devil may care attitude that i think is missing in a lot of drivers up and down the grid yeah yeah uh so tim not a very happening very shaken kind of uh kind of a race in baku i dare i say nope not uh not a not a great one if i'm no. honest no, uh, that's okay, though, because uh, IndyCar race this weekend, uh, and I'll tell you what, uh, Road America, as always, gives a good race. I have a absolute winner from this race, and it's not the guy you think it is. I, okay. The, fir- the first winner winner of the race uh, was Joseph Newgarden, and of course, he has now won on a road course, uh, a street, <laughs> a road course, a street course, and an oval. As a uh, Clarence, is that Clarence over there? No. Uh, anyway, but uh, but the he's run on a road course, an oval, and a street course, which nets him a million dollars. That'll be split between charity, the team, and uh, himself. So big, uh, big ups for uh, for our boy Joseph Newgarden, who uh, yeah. one of the nicest guys on the grid. But that being said, I think the real winner, the real winner of this weekend was Alexander Rossi, and I know what you're thinking. He qualified first and he finished third. He dropped two. He dropped two places, right? that's fine by me that's fine by me here's the deal guys all right he was the fastest in qualifying he lost he lost to 
Joseph Newgarden, that was lost in the first pit stop break. Okay. The first time he pulls into the pits, Newgarden pulls in right behind him and <laughs> Lee Diffie goes, it's going to be a battle in the pits. Who can pick up some time? And at that moment, you knew that he was not exiting the pits in the lead. If you know Andretti, like, like any IndyCar fan should. Um, but, you know, I, I thought, you know, maybe they can get through a clean stop. And they did. It wasn't a terrible stop. It was a stop that was fairly quick. We're talking, I mean, probably within 10th of what Newgarden did. He just had to hold on. One brief little second, because uh, his guy was pulling in right in front of him, the pit stall, and now go. And that's that's what ultimately put him in second place. And then on the final restart, uh, his tires, I think they had a little bit of debris on them, and uh, Marcus Erickson uh, weaseled his way around him. Weaseled. That's, that's, the, the, that's, the Indy 500 <laughs> champ weaseled? Marcus Erickson. He definitely navigated. Yeah, and I'm sure he definitely navigated hitting Alex Pelot too. Yeah, that was unfortunate. <laughs> that was unfortunate. But, but... Pelot's disappointment was, was pretty palpable. All uh, his disappointment and anger was second only to Will Powers. Yes, would you uh, like can to I... tell the ladies and gentlemen what happened to our dear friend Will? For, I, I'll let you do that. I just want to point out while we're on this, by the way, uh, Alex Pelot's quote that I really liked was. You know your uh, your toe your toe link broke there. Are you surprised it broke under that circumstance? Because it wasn't a huge hit for the toes to be you know broken on. And he goes, "No, you know I was more surprised that my teammate took me out there." But uh, <laughs> I was like, Ooh, "Spicy for Alex Plow." Tim, tell us about willpower. Uh, I'd rather you do it. I feel like I've talked too much about F one. No, um, you, you 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 go ahead. You go ahead. Put your to- ne sais quoi on that bad boy. Basically, he got a little cut off. A little? Yeah. A, a, a might bit. Um, but let's and he 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 lost his front wing. Um, he had to go very softly, and uh he lost the front wing was ring was oh my goodness, the front wing was broken. And so what Will actually had to do was stop the car, let the race stewards take the nose off of it and then go back without a nose on his car to the pits mm-hmm. where he got a new nose fitted. And then uh, obviously his race was ruined, but he still did his best. And uh, can, can you tell ladies and gentlemen who did that to him? Was that the, was that not our boy, Devlin DeFrancesco? It was our rookie boy, Devlin DeFrancesco. The, the, I can't the leader of the his... Andretti camp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really... can't pronounce his name all that well. So I was really yeah. hoping you would take that because I was going to butcher it. <laughs> Um, but y- yeah, it wasn't good. And I'm sure that things got a little upsetting afterward. I'm uh, surprised he, a... he didn't throw fisticuffs, honestly, because willpower oh, will do that. Willpower <laughs> will absolutely do that. I loved how the, the commentary as well with NBC, quick note about NBC, holy guacamole, are there way too many ads? They are, but I also think they're broadcast and like... Their broadcast team is about the same, but I, I do think their uh, their promotion is better than ABC. And uh, I don't know. There I think if you cut back on the ads, many commercials. Way, you, way need to, you need to cut back and you need to not have the whole coverage will return. I want coverage. That's the reason I'm watching Peacock. That is the only reason I have Peacock. Oh, you're on Peacock. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was watching. And, uh, I was watching OTA. Oh, well, hey. Um, I'm not that wealthy. So I just went for the $5 a month streaming thing. So what's up, rich guy. 
Um, but I will say, you know, the the shot of Will's face, the visor was pretty light, which I thought was weird uh, that he didn't have more of a, a tinted tint, visor, a yeah. tinted visor. Um, but you could see his eyes, and they were just full of that vintage willpower rage. And I thought for sure he was a, like De Francesco was a dead man. Yeah. Um, and the but the funniest part was the commentary uh, going on about it because they were like, well you know, listen, Will's a much more seasoned guy. He's not as fiery. And then you see his eyes and like, uh, we may have been a little over ambitious in our estimation that he's over this. Uh, he's still pretty pissed off. And it's like, yeah, Will's a pissed off guy. Um, yeah. Will so. also got, Will also got pushed off the track on the final restart as well. He was, he got pushed left, right, left, right. I believe he got pushed by, who was that? Uh, was that the, I forget who pushed him off, but he got pushed off the tr uh, track on the uh, final restart too, which was a, a fun little, fun little ordeal too. Little, he had little, a uh, chestnut for his yeah. weekend. Jesus. Here's, here's the thing though, is we'll still sit in second in the points. Um, I, <laughs> he is still sitting second in the points. Marcus Erickson, Erickson has slipped a bit, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Marcus Erickson, no, Marcus Erickson is still in, still in first. Uh, Joseph uh, is he? Okay. has slotted into third. Yeah um you know he's he's got to pick up you those it, you, performances a little bit because detroit yeah. didn't treat him that well either no um so it goes erickson power joseph newgard moves his way up to p3 i think of all the guys in the top five to watch joseph's your man right now i think yeah, i think he's the champion the... to at this point in the season which is very dangerous to say an indycar joseph newgarden is your championship apparent in my estimation um, I think Marcus Erickson is still a dark horse for it. Pelo is lurking, I think, in sixth, if I'm not mistaken. Pelo's in fifth. Yeah, he fifth. moved up, moved up just a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I would say, no, don't he moved down. I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking Rossi. Rossi got yeah, a nice bump. Don't yeah. don't sleep on Pelo. I think I'll go with uh, <laughs> with that with Ryan's uh, bit from before. I think Pelo is still your dark horse yeah. along with Marcus Erickson. But yeah, I mean, the hot hand right now is Joseph Newgarden um the thing the thing the thing with how he has his wins lined up too is is and it was obvious when he won the million dollars he won road course street street circuit and oval right and to win an indycar you have to be the guy on any given surface right you can't just be a oval specialist and you can't just dominate on street circuits you know which the street circuits in indycar are are notably different from their road courses in a way that formula one sometimes are not right. um uh formula one road courses for the most part are uh are their street circuits for the most part are just road course surfaces whereas indycar they don't really resurf they, they don't build custom asphalt roads that the public can use sometimes right. that's it's 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 a much more raw street course if you will um but <laughs> which is why uh so some of the some of the whinging from f1 is about the porpoising and yeah. how it needs to be addressed because it's just so painful lewis for the love of all that is good and natural harden up buddy look at the pit exit at road the america, road america. <laughs> yeah. and how jostling like i watched uh a new garden come out of there and he was just <laughs> It was it was terrible, and then our boy Pagano went through the grass as well. <laughs> so I'm grass. sure his I'm sure his dentist was thrilled with him. He went through the grass, had a nice save at the kink, didn't put it in the wall, but went through the grass at the kink. Which I mean, there's like ten ish feet of grass to go through there before the wall. So he 
he got close and uh, that man needs some new dentures. I'm sure. I don't, I think he bit his tongue so hard. He doesn't even want some of the wine anymore. You know, because John Gerard probably can't, uh, John Gerard himself can't even taste the beautiful brie cheese, you know, um, (laughs) that in uh, Nashville too. If, uh, if F1 guys thought the porpoising was severe, you could hop off that bridge on the Nashville street circuit and, uh, see how, try that one on for size too. Yeah, yeah. But that being said, the porpoising is is severe. I'm, like we're not underselling that. We're just saying, like, good night, Irene. These indie car guys take a beating. Um, Pato Award slots in at fourth place in the standings. Alexander Rossi uh, gets a move up to seventh place. I, I look all right. He's he's not in championship form, but I think Alex Rossi can get himself a top five season. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. Is it weird to you that things are clicking for him and for Andretti as as a whole, almost uh, for the most part? Uh, is it weird that things click for Alex Rossi the second he announces his departure to Aero McLaren SP? I think there's something to be said for the release of pressure mm-hmm. when you relax, when you know something's going to end. You know that both parties are going to move on, you know, and everything's going to be fine. There's that lack of, hey, we need to, we didn't go balls to the wall all the time. You have that extra, extra stress to you. There's a little less stress because it's like, look, our relationship's over. Mm-hmm. You know, we're let let's end this on a high. Let's just be nice to each other. It's it's a weight off both parties' shoulders. And I think that is what we're seeing play out. They have relaxed a bit and they are letting it flow. And uh, I'm excited to see what happens. I'm excited for Rossi next year in a McLaren next to Danny Ricardo and uh, Padua Ward. Um, don't tell me that's not going to happen because it is. By the and... way, I, I did want to bring this up. Carry on, though. I, I have one thing I wanted to bring <laughs> I'm pretty up. sure that's a, that's a conversation foul is yeah. to say, <laughs> I've got one thing, but go on. Yeah, <laughs> my bad. Anyway, but uh, I I do want to bring up, you know, next to Danny Ricardo, right? And I I think we're all in agreement here that uh, that you know Danny Ricardo to Aero McLaren SP would be an absolute banger, right? But I do want to point out that that uh, our boy, your boy Felix Rosenquist, all right, silent. Which is weird to me because Felix is always number two at Aero McLaren SP. It's not even a question, to, right? I'm just like, there's he's not he's he's the also ran of Aero McLaren SP, right? He gets a nice P six. Um, Tim, you want to take a look at the uh, at the uh, overall standings? Well, look at that. Your boy is in eighth, and that is ahead of Colton Herta, Simon Pagino, Roman Grosjean. Ahead of Scotty McLaughlin, who won a race and was the front runner in the championship at one point. Renus VK, he's he's torching Renus VK by about forty points. It, of the, I don't know, twenty four full time guys. Okay, mm-hmm. your boy is in the top ten. He's eighth. I I think it's, I it's think we bad. underrate him because of how much better Pato Award is. I think Felix Rosenquist is just a solid driver that we kind of look past because we're like, oh, it's an it's a McLaren. Oh no, it's it's just Felix. What's going on with Pato? Well, I think that that 
a solid B player, a solid B driver, isn't what makes a great team. He's done he's done well. He's turned in decent little performances and blah blah blah. So did Nico Hulkenberg. See the Valtteri Botas of current. He is the current Valtteri Botas. He okay. will be replaced by a, a killer with an with an A grade, not a B grade. And you have several of them. Um, you know, he's, especially he's, with Danny Rick and Ale- Alexander Rossi. He's uh he's Alex Smith for an NFL. Uh, equivalent Alex Smith was a quarterback and he was infamous for is he ever going to win put the game team on his shoulders and win you a championship or win the big game no no is he ever going to be the guy who loses you the game oh heck no heck no he's going to go in there he's going to do exactly what you ask of him uh maybe a little respectable going to be respectable liked by the fans yeah not hated not loved liked if he's the worst guy you got you're in a good you're in a good situation but he's also not going to light the world on fire. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I was I was shocked when I pulled up the standings after the race, and I was like, you know, Felix is very quiet in that P eight. Um. So, uh, Tim, should we talk about last week and uh, why I wasn't there? Um, let's do that right after we do a quick little recap of Le Mans. Oh yeah, you know, I almost forgot about Lamont. I by preface, uh, I tried to watch as little motorsports as possible to make sure that I could do this show. <laughs> so Tim, carry hey, away Lamont. And I'll I, I'll explain why. I'm not being lazy at my job. No, Tim, no, explain no. why. Yeah, it so we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, there's explain a, Lamont. Yeah. The so the 24 hours of Lamont happened over the weekend. Um, I was pretty pumped about it. Uh, some people were uh, lining up for the first time in the GTE uh, amateur class. We had one Michael Fassbender who has been training for quite a few years. Um, and he's actually made a TV show out of it. If you want to go check it out on Amazon. Um, he crashed three times and ended up 52nd out of 61 uh, slots in that class. So that's a bit rough. He did get, he did get kind of uh, mugged uh, by an LMP2 car which actually the LMP2 class, Luke, was just, they were just a bunch of terrorists out there this year. Um, <laughs> they they took out both Corvettes. Uh, one pretty famously where it was clearly not the Corvette's fault. Corvette was clearly out of the way. And the, the thing just came left and took them out. It's, uh, it's France. All right. Yeah. They are simply protesting Corvette's emissions. They can kiss my ass. There, there's um, nothing the French do better than protest, in, including in the middle of a race. Yeah, that's up. that's true. <laughs> I will say the Corvettes looked awesome most of the hour, like most of the time. It was in the early morning hours that that, that, that happened. I was so bummed because they were they had a bit of a technical issue in the middle of the night around hour nine or time. Like, they, it was like eight or nine hours. It was like eight or nine hours, and it was early in the night. They had uh, some. Uh, they had some issues with their cars. They got them back out there, and they were dominating again. And then they just got taken the f out. So that was a bit of a bummer. Uh, to no one's surprise, Toyota Gazoo Racing won the whole thing in the hypercar class. Um, big old bummer for uh, Toyota Gazoo Racing is that it was the seven car uh, manned by Brandon Hartley rather than the eight car uh, manned by, among other people, Kamui Kobayashi. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I am excited for the future of that class because uh, not only will Peugeot uh, come out with their uh, prototype hypercar uh, very, very soon because it has to run at Sebring and at 24 Hours of Daytona 
uh, before Lamont will let them in. Uh, but also Cadillac has now announced their challenger for the hypercar class. It looks rad. I love the way it looks. It is a futuristic caddy with their dominance of the 24 hours of Daytona. I'm so excited to see their, their new contender uh, because it makes its debut at the 24 hours of Daytona in 2023. So January is going to be another Christmas, Luke. It looks awesome. Uh, January is always Christmas, man. It's always Christmas. I know. It's great. But yes, uh, I was, uh, Dylan and I tried to make a, a concerted effort not to talk to you about motorsport um at all last week um because uh and i'll i'll let you go for it but i i wouldn't want to experience that yeah so um as many of you know um i work in broadcasting motorsports of uh all sorts of shapes and sizes and uh, i was working at the uh the great band nationals which is a drag race in kansas um and uh unfortunately there was a, a terrible a terrible uh, crash and uh, one of our racers uh, lost his life. So uh, obviously uh, my prayers and heart is with the, uh, is with the Hobbs family uh, with Landon and, uh, and, you know, everyone involved in that. Um, but uh, it was a very stressful time for uh, uh, obviously more so the family than us, but it was also a very tra- traumatizing time for um us as employees of the Midwest drag racing series is kind of a drag racing family. Um, it's the kind of, it was the kind of accident that you don't want to see. Um, you know, this, it wasn't a quiet incident. Um, if you will, um, you know, it was a very severe and and violent incident and, uh, some people, uh, and myself included to an extent, uh, saw things that like, I wouldn't wish, my worst enemy to see. So, um, I, I got back from, uh, I got back from, uh, from Wichita, which is where I flew in from, uh, on Sunday. And, uh, I just made a concerted effort to, to not watch anything motorized, uh, for a hot week. Um, and you know, uh, up until this last Sunday, because it was, I don't know. Uh, it, it's, 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 it's an intrusive thought, you know, you, you keep replaying the incident in your head and um, I wouldn't wish that on, on anybody. And I, I'll, I will tell you this, Tim, because you and I are similar in that we have seen the unfortunate realities of racing on television um, a few times, you know, we've seen that happen. Um it hits very different and, and so much worse when you're live in person and it's somebody that you knew. Um, and it racing, it, it brings you back to the point where for as much as you talk about racing and as much as we talk about is willpower going to throw fisticuffs with Devlin DeFrancesco, we forget that these people are very much putting their lives on the line. And every once in a while, this sport goes, hey, 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 look at me. All right. This is this is serious business, right? There's no breaches of unwritten procedure at the starting line. You know, the, it's so petty, if you will. Um, so I I Tim, you said it before. Um racing is a dangerous sport. Um 
and to to many, uh, including our fellow racers who watched uh, one of their friends, and um, you know the danger is part of the appeal. Um, I think I think uh, one of my racers put it best when he said he's like you know I, I part of the reason we do this is because it puts the fear of God in you every once in a while, not that you want to crash, but because these machines are just that much you know yeah. um but uh tim you said it best that uh, it's a dangerous sport but no one should ever have to die in a race car you know yeah. uh it's it was very it was a very tough tough time yeah and you know i know that you and i have both had our mental health struggles and mm -hmm. that that was rough for you to be a part of and i'm sorry yeah uh you know it's it's all right uh so um but here's here is one thing mm -hmm. that we know that the driver knew the risks and he was doing something that he loved. That's that's something um, that you can the take driver, a little bit of you can take the, a little bit of solace in. Yeah. The driver right behind um, said um, and uh, I'm sure he'd put his name to this quote, but it was said not in a public forum. So I'm not going to put his name. Um, but uh he said, he goes, I, he goes, I have no desire whatsoever to pass in a racing car. This was on the Saturday morning after the incident. And he said, he goes, but I love racing. And he goes, and if I pass in a race car, then I want everyone to know. And I think I'm not the only one. I'm sure I'm not the only one to know that. I died doing what I loved with the knowledge that this could have been a possibility at any given point. And he goes, and I choose to do what I love knowing the risks. And he goes, so don't, if it happens to me, which again, I have no wish. He's like, just know that I'm, I'm doing what I love. Um, and and I think that's what that's a bit of why I love racing of all disciplines so much is because they're doing what they're passionate about to see that level of passion, to see that level of commitment to know that, I mean, there's really, and especially whenever these incidents happen, you, you have a, a newfound appreciation for everything that you have. Mm -hmm. And to know that, you know, there are a lot of ways to go. Um, you know, most of them painful, awful, drawn out, sickness, things like that. But to go in that way, doing something you love, something you're passionate about, something you've devoted your life to in all likelihood, I'd say that's a pretty darn noble way to go. I think so too. I. Uh... It, one thing I do want to shout out to is, is anybody and everybody, um, specifically uh, the people who work with Stroud Safety, um, who work with the series a lot, uh, but anybody who works in uh, paramedics, who works in automobile safety, and especially who works in racing safety, because, you know, Tim, when people talk about the dangers of motorsports, um, the first thing I always say is you'd be shocked at how safe these cars actually are, right? Especially in comparison to what they used to be. To what they used to be, or huh. even in comparison to, to your daily driver, Tim. 
you yeah. know, like wrecking, you know, hitting something in a, in a dragster going 250 is your, the chances are you're going to be way more than all right than your daily driver hitting something at 75. Um, but I, I had to pick up, we, the rain was coming in and we were going to, the, the cars needed to be impounded were impounded, um, by both the governing body and the police, um, to, for independent investigations. So, um, after the scene was cleared, uh, and, uh, and Ronnie was, uh, transported away, uh, I had to pick up pieces of the car. And I remember looking at what was left of the car and in your mind, you know, how safe these machines are, right? You know, that if you're, if something bad is going to happen, this is pound for pound, one of the safest places you could be, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, but I just had a newfound appreciation for how much further we have to go. Right. Because no safety equipment on earth was going to, uh, was going to save him. like the severity yeah. of that crash. But I also had the thought of like, you know, Tim, you and I have seen crashes that 20 years ago, we would have said no amount, 20, 30 years ago, no amount of safety equipment is going to save you from that kind of crash. And sure enough, you know, modern day, we go, oh, yeah, with enough safety equipment, you can get safe from that crash. So yeah. uh, I kind of had this like forward thinking of like, we have a long way to go, but we've done such a good job at getting there that someday there's going to be someone who walks away from an incident like that and the the and they will owe it to him yes because safety is built on as like brutal and terrible as this sounds it's built on um tragedy on the blood of tragedy right it's built on the foundation of the people who didn't make it because I, I'll tell you right now, there's someone at the NHRA who just concluded their investigation, or maybe it's still ongoing. I haven't received word that it's concluded, um, of this car. Uh, that's actually two cars, uh, but the other driver was okay. Uh, Robert Gallegos is, is okay. But uh, who's investigating these two cars, and he's going to take it to some kind of equipment, you know, a, equipment scientist, an engineer, something, and uh, – you know, safety engineer is going to make something that saves someone's life in due time. Uh, and I think that uh, for lack of a better term, there's a, there's a kind of a small beauty about that, you know? And, you know, if anybody thinks that, you know, Luke is off base about that, I think he's a hundred percent correct because back in 1994, when Ayrton Senna died at Imola, the push for safety was so massive that F1 pioneered the current regime of safety testing, the the different ways to crash a car, mm. the, the survival cell technology and the whole thought process behind studying the crash dummy, studying everything. That became very, very, very advanced, very, very quickly um, because we lost such a great fiery talent. Millions, unspoken millions have been saved yeah so and and, yeah. and the reason we have the halo and the arrow screen in, in indycar and formula one isn't because we just woke up one day and said that seems like a good idea 
um, it's because we lost Jules Bianchi in a very uh, tragic and unfortunate circumstance. And that led someone to go, maybe you know. we're at a, you know, that does seem to be a weak point. And I think with where we're at in technology, we might be able to solve that. Yeah. And it takes that to save future lives. Um, I agree. Not that I ever want to see that again. And I, again, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemies, but there is a beauty in that through tragedy comes, uh, you know, something positive, something's positive, right. A, a life saved. Yeah. So, so um, on that dour note, <laughs> on that dour note, uh, uh, if you're worried about me, uh, I'm doing a little better uh, every day. Um, we have another race. It's the quickest turnaround of the schedule. Um, which feels weird. Uh, we have another race this coming weekend and then we have our summer break. And in a way I'm almost looking forward to this race because I want my most recent memory at a racetrack to be a safe and fun race and not that. Right. So, uh, on that note, uh, Canada is coming up this weekend too, Tim. I'm excited about Canada. I know you're excited about Canada. Um, Charles Leclerc has already started uh, his weekend off with a bang by missing his flight to Montreal. Uh, the kid cannot catch a break. Physically incapable of catching a break. And that is what we call getting Ferrari'd. On that bombshell, it is, uh, it's time to wrap up. Uh, I've been Luke, as always, my partner, Tribe Tim. You guys have a safe and fantastic week and uh, hug your loved ones if they're close. We will talk to you next week. See ya.